Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, I'm Justin Thompson and you're listening to the American Tennis Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. Wow, so much to get into. What a Wimbledon it was, huh? Unbelievable stuff. I don't even know where to start. I guess let's just jump right into it with the Federer and Djokovic final for the men's side. Wow. Talk about going the distance. The full five sets, up until 12-all, they have to play a tiebreaker to decide it, and Djokovic ends up pulling it out in the tiebreaker. Oh, my heart goes out to Federer at this stage in his career, still playing such good tennis, but you just can't take any final you get to for granted at this stage. Having the two match points in the fifth set, not being able to close it out, that is just so... So heartbreaking for him, especially after having that monumental win over Nadal in the semis. Obviously, Nadal is Federer's longtime arch nemesis. I mean, they were the two titans of tennis for ever since I started watching the sport, really. I mean, just watching them battle it out over the years and seeing Nadal get the best of Federer at the French Open and then Federer pulling it out pretty straightforward, honestly, in four sets here at Wimbledon. I really felt good about him going into the final against Djokovic and Honestly, could have gone either way. It really doesn't get much closer than what we saw today. I will say on one note, I'm not sure how I feel about changing it. So for those of you who don't know, at Wimbledon, it's a little different from all the other Grand Slams because here, a long time rule was that in the fifth set, the fifth set being the deciding set, if it goes that long on the men's side, then they wouldn't play a tiebreaker to decide it. In a standard tournament, when you get to six games apiece in the deciding set, you just play a tiebreaker for that seventh game, which is a lot quicker than having to continue playing it out. But uh, something that had separated Wimbledon for a long time was that they would play it out until one person won two games in a row. The most famous one that most of you guys are probably thinking of is the Isner match, where it was years ago now, but John Isner, one of our Americans, he was a top 10 seed here at Wimbledon this year. Unfortunately, he didn't do well because he's still dealing with that foot injury. But um, he has the most legendary Wimbledon match because he ended up winning a match 70 to 68 in the fifth set, which is just, it was a multi-day affair. It was insane. So I understand why in some ways they changed the rule after that because Say, for example, this final with Djokovic and Federer were to go that long. And I mean, of course, that's very rare. It doesn't happen. I mean, rarely ever happens. But it would be a problem logistically for the fans there. You know, people have work the next day. People are leaving and going home. They fly in for the event. So they wouldn't get to see a conclusion. So I do understand why they changed it after that. But it still is just a little disappointing. Part of the allure, and I mean, obviously, Wimbledon is such a classic tournament. There's a lot that separates it from the other ones. But part of the allure was that fifth set, that last set, you play it out. And I mean, think of it, how everyone was already on pins and needles. It was just unfortunate to see people complaining that, oh, it had to go to a tiebreaker because of the rule change. And I get it. It is unfortunate to see it that way. Federer did have a chance to close it out, but it's the rule is what it is now. I would have preferred the way they had it back in the day where they would just play it out until someone wins two games at a time. But those guys were so exhausted already as it was playing that uh, tiebreaker in the fifth set that... I can only imagine if they had continued to play it out, how gassed they would have been. So I understand it, but I did want to take a second to just, a lot of people are talking about that, if they like the rule change, if they think it was a good decision or not. So wanted to weigh in on that a little bit. I'm personally of the belief that at Wimbledon, you keep it, that you play it out until somebody wins by two. But anyways, I digress. Back to the match. Just incredible stuff, such high-level stuff between both of those guys. Congratulations to Djokovic. I mean, he just played a hell of a match and just, he always seems to come through with the shots when he needs them, doesn't he? He's just so clutch, such a great returner too, neutralizing Federer's serve when he can. It's just, 
incredible stuff there. That was a great match. If any of you missed it, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you watched it. But if not, rewatch it. Just what a great match that was. And we had so much great tennis this whole tournament, really. I mean, it was funny because Coco Goff stole most of the headlines from the American women's side, but there's Serena Williams in another final, just doing what she always does, winning and making it to the finals. She did fall short to Halep in the women's final, um, losing 6-2, 6-2. But great showing from Serena, making it to the finals, reminding everybody why she's the greatest female tennis player to ever pick up a racket. Great stuff from her, always representing the Americans well and holding her own in these big tournaments. And like I said, just so many storylines. The Americans really did well this tournament. I was very encouraged. Grass season has was kind to us, and Wimbledon was really kind to us. Coco Goff, like I said, burst onto the scene, making the round of 16 as a 15-year-old. What were you doing at 15? Because I think I was still losing in the first round of level fives. So to see a 15-year-old making it to the round of 16 in a Grand Slam is just incredible. And that match in particular, I mean, the whole Coco tournament journey and then um, this match today between Federer and Djokovic has just left me so happy because I've had so many people from different walks of life reaching out to me and just saying, are you watching the match? Are you seeing this? And I'm like, if you're watching the match, I'm pretty sure I'd be watching the match. But um, no, it's just, it's incredible to see so many different people that I know who are diehard, you know, basketball fans, football fans, all of a sudden getting emerged into tennis because of these storylines that are emerging from this Wimbledon tournament. And I really feel like this was just such a monumental event for tennis this year to build momentum, especially heading into the U.S. Open in September. The U.S. Open, the biggest stage in New York where the celebrities already all come out and watch the tennis. Now there's all this excitement building from a great Wimbledon tournament. You know, you had different athletes from basketball and football and celebrities weighing in on all these different storylines. Take your pick. There's the Federer storyline. There's the Nadal showing. There's the Coco Gauff. There's the Serena. There's so many different things that went on in this tournament that are so captivating that you had such a wider audience seeing all of this stuff and getting engaged and it was just the perfect build-up for the U.S. Open in September. I am so excited to see how that all comes about when the time to return to Flushing Meadows is um, is upon us and we'll get into that at a later date. We'll still talk a little more Wimbledon for now. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We still had an amazing Wimbledon to talk about. The Americans did well. Sam Query making it to the quarterfinals. That's unbelievable. He hasn't been doing as well recently. He's one of those men who has been carrying the torch for the Americans for the last, you know, 10 years. And he always does well. He hadn't been really putting up big showings in the majors recently, but a quarterfinal appearance for him, unbelievable. Tennis Sangren, also a great showing, winning a few matches. Young American Riley Opelka beating Warinka. That's unbelievable. Um, a few podcasts ago, one of my guests and co-workers who came on, he said he really expected Riley Opelka to have a good grass season just because he's so tall and that big serve is just so effective on grass. So that prediction proved uh, correct because he really, I mean, I think he shocked everyone with that win over Warinka and advancing in the tournament was great. Taylor Fritz won around just All of the Americans really held their own in this tournament, I thought, and did what they were supposed to do. And it was just great to see Steve Johnson making it to the third round and then losing to Nishikori. So great tournament for the Americans. And like I said, we always want to round into our top form at the U.S. Open with that upon us. So I'll definitely be looking forward to the U.S. Open in September to see the Americans build on all of this momentum and just see the sport of tennis continue to thrive and grow, basing and just building off of all of this excitement that they accumulated in this tournament. But before the U.S. Open is here, I do want to talk a little bit about World Team Tennis because that is what will be happening up until then. On a podcast a few podcasts ago, if you want to learn more about the World Team Tennis, I did have a guest on who works for them. But 
the brief overview of it is it's just this is kind of the more fun relaxed element of tennis the season starts today actually monday uh, sunday july 14th rather and this is the element of tennis where it's kind of the down season now that wimbledon's over and this three-week season where all the top players are still looking to keep their form fresh and this is kind of a fun way to do it so there's several teams there's the new york empire orange county breakers orlando storm Philadelphia Freedom, San Diego Aviators, Las Vegas Rollers, Washington Castles, and Springfield Lasers. So if you're in any of those cities, really, I I hope you'll listen to this because this is such a cool thing, World Team Tennis. I really do love this. Essentially what it is is it's an opportunity for these top players to come in in a social setting, in a team setting, to play together against other teams, and it's just a fun, relaxed environment. I think one of the guys said it best on my last podcast where he said, this is the setting where you come with some friends, you have a couple drinks, and you're really up close and personal with the players right there. I mean, the, the stands, there's really not a bad seat in the house. And these teams all play against each other for which team ends up on top at the end of July. And then they have a playoffs and you see who wins. And now they have all new TV partnerships this season. I know they have ESPN Plus and CBS streaming them this year. So it'll be entertaining. There's really top players playing. John Isner's playing it. Victoria Azarenka, Steve Johnson, Madison Keys, Feliciana Lopez, Gregor Dimitrov, Taylor Fritz, um, the Bryan brothers, Nick Kyrgios, Venus Williams all really big names in the tennis world and something that I find really exciting about it and why I continue to talk about it on the podcast is because listen to all those names, all those American players that are playing it. John Isner, Marty Fish, Steve Johnson, Madison Keys, Taylor Fritz, uh, Coco Vandewey, Francis Tiafo, Venus Williams. These are all American players involved in this event. You do get some foreign players as well. Feliciano Lopez is playing for Orlando. Grigor Dimitrov is playing for Philadelphia. So there definitely are some foreign players. Obviously, Nick Kyrgios, he'll, he'll sell out every uh, every match that he's playing because, I mean, he's just such a character. That's an element for him to thrive in. But I did want to talk about World Team Tennis because the season is upon us. It runs through the end of July. And there's a lot of Americans playing. The American talent really, I don't want to say giving back because it's not a community service type thing, but it's a fun element of tennis that just brings competitive tennis into a different environment. I've attended several of the matches both in Orange County and San Diego in the past. I've had friends work for both of those clubs and uh, I just, I really wanted to shout it out on the podcast and just, I can't really say enough good things about it. I really enjoy it. I think that tennis is just such a difficult and competitive sport and that at times it just makes you want to rip your hair out, living the tour life, traveling, playing, competing with your livelihood on, you know, your livelihood on the line, really, for lack of a better phrase. So just a fun, more laid back environment like this where you can have fun, you can be on a team with other players that you like, and it's not so cutthroat. It's more about fun and more for the fans. I just think that's such a little refreshing break in the season, you know, now that we're about halfway through the tennis season entering the July. So I really do think it's a great event. Worldteamtennis.com is the website. You can check out all of those teams. If you live in any of those cities that I mentioned, um, I would strongly recommend checking, seeing tickets. Tickets are very affordable. And like I said, there's not a bad seat in the house. So really fun way to go out and see some tennis, be up close and personal with all of your favorite stars. That would be worldteamtennis, again, WTT.com if you're interested. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really enjoyed this podcast. There's just so much. I I feel like I'm just in such a great mood because Wimbledon just went so well. And just seeing tennis trending on Twitter amongst all the top things, you know, with NBA free agency recently happening and MLB season, the all-star game that just happened, you know, all those other sports are getting all of the attention and the headlines like they always do and, you know, like they deserve to do. 
but just seeing tennis really seize the limelight for a few weeks here during Wimbledon with Coco Goff, with Federer, with all these storylines coming out, it's just been really cool to see and made me really, really excited to be a part of this podcast and be able to talk to you and just see the sport of tennis really get the appreciation that it deserves because it's an awesome sport and there really is so many compelling storylines once you look into it and familiarize yourself with the sport. So thank you guys so much for listening to the American Tennis Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Really enjoyed breaking it all down with you, hanging out with you guys today. Look forward to talking to you all again very soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.